Welcome to the latest edition of the Buffstone Podcast. I'm Brian Howell. I'm pleased once again to be joined by Pat Rooney. And Pat, we're back after a, a bye week. We took last week off as the the football team did, but uh, you know, good to be back. And you know, welcome back. I know I've seen you, but I mean, welcome back. Uh, yeah, we took off from the podcast. We didn't take off from too much more, <laughs> Mr. Howell. But uh, heard you got some fishing in. I'm glad to hear. Yeah, I was able to report that to Coach Prime. So you know, I know he's a fisherman. Yeah, you know, he was probably disappointed I caught trout. He's more of a bass fisherman, but uh, you know, I was I was glad I was able to do that, and hopefully you were able to take some time as well. I know basketball is in full swing now, though, so probably not as much of a buy for you as it would have been uh, for me. That was a nice weekend. Got some family time in, and yeah, basketball's off and running. We have got exhibition doubleheader, kind of a split doubleheader on Saturday. The women going at one, the men will follow against Metro State at seven. Uh, a lot of excitement around both teams, but uh, football back in action. Brian, you're off to UCLA. Uh, 23rd ranked Bruins will buffs face them on Saturday. And I, obviously the big question, will Colorado be able to bounce back from uh, just a really brutal meltdown the last time we saw them against Stanford almost two weeks ago now? Yeah, that's obviously the big question, you know, when you have something like that. And that's the bad part about having that game right before a bye is that those questions are going to linger for a lot longer because uh, you have to, you know, sit with it for an extra week. And, you know, that was the last time we saw the buffs was them melting down, um, you know, and you kind of forget how dominant they were the first two quarters of that game because of how bad they were the last two quarters plus overtime. But, um, I, I just don't know which team's going to show up here. You know, I, I look at this team and I'm like, man, second half of USC, first half of Stanford, they were incredible. First half of USC, second half of Stanford, they're awful. <laughs> you know, and there's other examples throughout the season that were like, they're hot and cold, and you just don't know which CU Buffs team is going to show up week to week or half to half, I guess. Right, exactly. I was about to say, it's almost uh, a lot of that's within games, too. You don't really know. I mean, you know, the one game they were probably the two games they were probably most consistent from start to finish was the first one against TCU, uh, which still wasn't a great day for the defense, although they got a couple of just really great game breaking red zone turnovers uh, that kind of changed the tide in that one. <laughs> and then the other one, they were kind of consistent start to finish would be at Oregon and they were only consistently bad in that one. So uh, even within games, you know, maybe Arizona State, but again, wasn't the certainly wasn't a crisp performance down there. And yeah, a lot of times within, even within games, it's not even week to week. It's within games that you don't know what team's going to be there. You know, uh, you know, like come out of the locker room after halftime compared to what you saw in the first half. Uh, uh, I'm sure it's got to be frustrating for the coaching staff, but you know what, you know, we were so impressed by the three and and0 start and, and rightfully so, uh, that, you know, a lot of the questions we had about this team early in the season, um, you know, didn't maybe necessarily go away. And I, I think some of them are coming to fruition now. And and some of it's the just that being able to, you know, piecing a team together like this uh, on, on the fly, it, it, I, I think it's going to be, it, it's harder to stay together in, in, in tough moments uh, like we saw in the second half against Stanford. And, you know, it's certainly not why they lost that game. You can play, point to plenty of X's and O's, but, uh, you know, some of the shortcomings as far as, you know, maybe team cohesiveness. And, and certainly as we've talked on these podcasts before, the, the strength up front on both sides of the ball 
are, are have kind of come back to haunt them here in the middle part of the season. Yeah, especially you know that offensive line and you know, the penalty issues are are somewhat surprising. Uh, maybe not surprising, but you know when when the way they started out. You know, I remember the very first game TCU. They had six penalties, and and Coach Prime talked about. You know, he pointed that out and said, "Hey, look." this is a sign that we are pretty together. You guys question whether we were going to be together. This is a pretty good sign. We only had six penalties. Well, they're now the most penalized team in college football right now, and they're on pace for a school record for penalties. So that has gone away uh, from whatever whatever was good in that regard in, the, in, in week one has gone away. They had 17 penalties against Stanford, and um, it, it's a just a variety of penalties too. I mean, there's a ton of false starts uh, by the offensive line. Uh, there's been some discipline you know, penalties, uh, just, uh, you know, and Travis Hunter obviously is a fantastic player, uh, but that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty he had uh, against Stanford, I wouldn't say cost him the game, but might have, you know, I mean, that was a huge penalty where he shoves the the receiver, gets the 15-yard penalty, and keeps the drive going for Stanford, which turns a long field goal attempt into a touchdown. So uh, things like that are really plaguing this team, and that's tr- I think that's troublesome to me is, You've got to nick some of those things right now, and you, there's only so much you can do with the with the lines, but you can fix the penalty issues and things like that. Yeah, I think so. You know, I remember talking to you at the time how impressed we were with how clean of a game they played down at TCU, uh, and even with the struggles of, of, of the defense, they had those just really, you know, two really great, you know, really good takeaways. That, you know, they weren't they weren't giveaways; these were takeaways by Trevor Woods and then Travis Hunter. Uh, on the interceptions uh, in in the red zone, that were just fan both both of which fantastic plays and, and made a huge difference. So uh, it was a maybe a subpar performance by the defense, but you still kind of came away with from it feeling good with those takeaways plus the stop at the end that they needed to get to to secure that that win. Um, but s- since then, yeah, I mean, uh, you know. I've written about it, and it, it, it got talked about after, in the wake of the Stanford game, just the, the 12 men on the field penalties with the mass substitutions they were going on, they were doing on defense. You know, the, the thing that struck me in that Stanford game is for the first time, you know, they've, they've been inconsistent. They, they've had, you know, maybe issues in the run game or issues stopping the run and, and, and obviously line play on both sides of the ball we've talked about. But I felt like, that Stanford game, and especially in the second half and overtime of that Stanford game, this looked like a disorganized football team, that they weren't on all on the same page and that there were some people doing X while other people were doing Y. And this was the first time I really felt like that about this team this year. Yeah, and that was the first time this year they've had those penalties, those illegal substitution penalties, but there was four of them in one game. And you know that magnifies uh, you know, when you lose a game like they did. I mean, if they wind up getting a couple scores and, and pulling away in that game, you don't worry about it so much, but you know, it, they were pretty magnified in that game and uh, they were costly. And yeah, you're right. I mean, to in game seven, to look that disorganized, I think is troubling. And so that's where, to me, I think a buy was huge for this team. And, you know, coach prime is, you know, I've asked him about it and he's like, Oh, it was not a good time for a buy. I'd rather just keep going. But I, I think the buy was huge for this team to um, just take a step back take a deep breath, reorganize, regroup, and then get going for these last five games. I do think there's something to be said about just how much 
attention and excitement was around this team really uh, through the USC game, I'd say, and it, it's tapered off a little bit since then, but every game was an event. Every game was a national, there's, there was national media in, you know, in, in several cases, you know, you know, co- well, college game day was here, uh, you know, and, and, and just all sorts of drama going back. The, the games were exciting. I mean, all three of those wins went down to the wire. The USC game was obviously a, an, an exciting almost comeback by the Buffs. Uh, so there was a lot of stuff, but there was that that's that's emotionally draining. And I feel like, you know, they 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 managed to battle out a win down in Arizona State. And then we saw what happened against Stanford. And, you know, maybe maybe Coach Sanders doesn't think it was a good time for a bye. But I do think it was a good time to regroup. That's a lot of mental and mental energy that they were expending in that first month, five, six weeks of the season or so. Uh, when when just every move and every game was just magnified to such a, you know such huge levels, and it was every week. And maybe that'll come back if they you know I'm sure it will if they they pull off a couple upsets and uh, shock a couple you know shock folks maybe a couple times again. But as it stands right now, you know that maybe that spotlight has dulled a little bit. Uh, maybe they can kind of focus on maybe more on, on correcting some of those mistakes instead of worrying about the spotlight that's been on the program. Yeah, you know, there was a time, you know, around the USC game that we're talking, it's like, man, this is not going to slow down. This is going to be crazy every week. And it really has. <laughs> you know, it, it's felt really for the last few weeks just like covering a normal football team, honestly. And it started with that ASU game, which uh, was sort of weird compared to the first five weeks in that it's on the Pac-12 network. There wasn't a whole lot of hype about it. You know, the, the celebrity aspect wasn't there. And then the Stanford game was kind of um, the same way. I mean, it was on ESPN, but it just kind of felt the same way. And then you have a bye week, and it's just kind of felt since USC like we're just covering a normal football team. And so the hype has died down a little bit because they're not winning. And so they've got to generate that by winning again, right? And this is the golden opportunity for them. Uh, they're on ABC. You know, you got, you know, the big broadcast team of uh, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet's there. I imagine there's going to be celebrities there. This is a chance, a top 25 team on the road. Let's get that back. And not that you want the hype back, but it's get your groove back, get your mojo back a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I do think it was a good time for a mental break with this team, and we'll see how they come out on the road. Uh, they've had a chance to regroup, maybe lick whatever wounds they've had. Um, you know, a, a certainly – Travis Hunter for the first time looked like he was getting worn out at the end of that Stanford game and, and made a few mistakes. And as we know, he was, uh, it was his first game back after a layoff from the big hit that he absorbed in that Colorado state game. Um, so we'll see how they come, you know, they've done well, uh, uh, you know, in general on the road this year, except for maybe that Oregon game was, you know, really the only full game egg that they've laid this season. So, uh, I think they'll come up sharper this week, but what do you feel like is going to be keys to this matchup? This is going to be a tough defense that CU's offense is going to go against. Yeah, I mean, that's the key right there. Is I mean, UCLA, um, for years under Chip Kelly, their first several years, it was the defense wasn't there. Well, now they got the best defense in the Pac-12 statistically right now. I mean, they rank first in the Pac-12 uh, in scoring defense and total defense. They're first in, in rushing defense, passing defense. A lot of times you'll see a team that, yeah, if they're first in total defense, 
they're better at one than the other. Like they, they stop the run really well. We give up the pass. Well, they're doing both. I mean, they're first in run, run defense and pass defense. Uh, I mean, there's, they're second and third down defense first in red zone defense. So, uh, I mean that they're the best defense in the pac 12. And so CU's got to figure out how to, you know, get through that. And obviously they got a really good quarterback, but I feel like you have to be two dimensional in this game, uh, on offense to win this game. Don't you? I mean, I don't know if you can just get through with the passing game and have no run game against a defense like this. Yeah, you would uh, think that's the game plan, but UCLA has also been very good against the run, leading the conference uh, just under 70 yards allowed a game. And, you know, Buff seemed to have struggled to get that going this season. It's going to be hard to get that going against this bunch. And unfortunately, they're also good against the pass. So, uh, you know, they have 24 sacks, which technically ranks third in the conference, but it's only one sack behind the the co-leaders of, of Utah and Oregon. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough sledding for the Buffs offense. And I think for me, that's kind of the, uh, what, what I'm interested the most is uh, to see how CU's offense fares in this game. Um, you know, at this point, you know, I think they kind of are what they are on defense. Um and, you know, un- un- until they show otherwise, you know, we, I think it's just going to be an offense that's going to have to lean heavily on Shadur Sanders. Uh, going on the road this week, they're opening up seats uh, at the Rose Bowl, so it'll be another sold-out crowd. And, and more than they're used to, they're even under normal sold-out crowd. So uh, I'm interested to see how the offense responds uh, in that kind of setting and against this kind of defense. Yeah, you want to be – two-dimensional against these guys but uh you know that, that's asking CU's offense to do something that really no one has been able to do against this Bruins defense so far this season yeah and asking the CU offense to do something they haven't done <laughs> this yeah, year yeah. right you know uh, the one thing is UCLA has not in my opinion played a quarterback as good as Shador Sanders uh they did play Cam Ward of Washington State who's very good um uh, and DJ Ui Ugale, I don't know how to say his last name, but uh, Oregon State, they lost to him. Uh, so the two best quarterbacks they've played, they, they've, they lost, and they also played a close game. So I think that should give CU fans uh, a little bit of hope that you know good quarterbacks have had some success against UCLA so far. And so uh, I think I just keep saying, Pat, that as long as Shador Sanders is healthy, I give CU a shot to win any game because I think he's that good that he gives them a chance. Oh, I totally agree with that. He's uh, definitely a legit top-tier college quarterback. And, uh, uh, you know, I agree. I mean, that's, you know, it's why they had a shot against uh, against USC even after they were, were downwards because they had a quarterback like Sanders who could uh, get them back in the game. So uh, you're right. It's certainly uh, probably as, you know, not probably, but, you know, as good a quarterback uh, that, that USC has faced this season, you know, a couple of the examples you gave, you know, Oregon State obviously has a much better offensive line uh, than what the Buffs have in front of of Shadur Sanders. And finding a way to keep UCLA's pass rush off of him is going to be the key to this game or the key for the Buffs that have a, a, a chance in this one, really. Uh, because if it becomes open season on, on Shadur Sanders, uh, they're just going to have a hard time functioning, I think, against this defense. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what Sean Lewis dials up this week to to kind of counter that. You know, when your line's been struggling, 
and then you've got a team like this that you're going against, you know, how do you counter that? I think that's going to be huge in this one. Um, you know, and the Buffs defense is going to be tested too. I mean, UCLA has got, they haven't totally figured out the quarterback situation yet, but they've got capable guys there uh, and they can also run the football. And the one thing the Buffs have done better recently is stop the run. So I give them credit for that because they've, the last three games, they've done a pretty good job actually of uh, slowing down the run. So, uh, maybe the Buffs are figuring something out there a little bit um, in the front seven. So um, we'll see. But that trend, at least the last few weeks, has looked good. Yeah, you know, but I, you know, I found it pretty. I have found it pretty telling about moving Trevor Woods to linebacker as kind of a sign of just how much this defense is struggling for an answer. To take nothing away from Trevor Woods, I think he should be on the field. And if that's how they get him on the field, uh, then, then you know, I'm fine with it. But if they had linebackers that were getting the job done, they would never be moving a hard-hitting safety to linebacker. Uh, that's just not something you do unless you are just kind of desperate for answers at a particular position group. So uh, certainly not a knock on Trevor Woods. Love watching that young man play. Uh, but if you had linebackers that were getting the job done consistently – uh, you know, that, that, that's probably not a move that, that happens, but, uh, you're right. You know, the defense, uh, against the run at least has, has been a little bit better, but, uh, you know, they haven't gone against two of the PAC 12's best offenses the last couple games out there in, in Stanford and, and Arizona state. And, uh, yeah, certainly another big test. If, if that defense starts getting gashed early, it's going to be tough for the Buffs and for Shadur Sanders because then I think it'll just kind of be open season for that pass rush, uh, especially if UCLA gets up early. Yeah. I, one thing with the linebacker thing, too, is that obviously there's something going on with Jawan Mitchell off the field that, you know, I think that if he was playing, you probably don't make that move because I think, at least for me, I feel good about a Mitchell and Levanta Bentley duo at inside linebacker. I think those two guys have been pretty solid for the most part. Um, so if Mitchell was actually, you know, we don't know what's going on with him, but if he was uh, taking care of everything off the field and Coach Prime says he's not, you probably wouldn't see Trevor Woods in that spot and, and they'd, he'd still be at safety. But um, you're right about they've given up a lot, of th- a lot of yards and points to some offenses that are not great the last couple of weeks. And as good as they've been, or as, as better as they've been against the run, against the pass, they've given up, uh, 399, 335, and 403 uh, the last three games. So um, certainly those cornerbacks have got to step up. That We thought that was going to be the strength of this team, and obviously they were not in the second half against Stanford, and they've been shredded a little bit the last few weeks. Yeah, and UCLA has, I believe, the number two uh, rushing offense in, in the Pac-12 at over 200 yards a game. So, uh, you know, trending in the right direction, as you noted, but – certainly trying to tackle another beast with UCLA's rushing attack this week. So how do you see this one playing out, Brian? Uh, Buffs are back at it, trying to shake off the sting of that bad uh, meltdown against Stanford a couple weeks ago. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of this points to UCLA winning the football game. Uh, I think they're the better team overall. Um, statistically, obviously, they're playing great defense, and uh, they can run the football, and those are you know usually – key ingredients to, to a victory. But what I like about CU is I like that they had the bye week and that they were able to regroup. Um, I like them having two weeks to prepare. I like them having Shador Sanders. I think they have the better quarterback here. And 
I just think they're going to show up and, and play a really good football game. And, you know, I, on paper, like I said, everything points to you at UCLA winning. I'm going to go with a gut feeling here and pick CU to pull the upset 27-24. Oh, Mr. Howe going on record with the upset. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I have just kind of really lost faith in in the defense of, of the Buffs. Um, you know, especially after what we saw against Stanford, it, it's it's a unit that's really reeling right now. And um, until they show otherwise, it's hard for me to see this group going on the road and, and beating uh, an opponent like UCLA. Uh, I think UCLA is going to wear them out. I think the bus will give them a game. You know, as we talked about, uh, I think when you have Shadur Sanders, you're, you're going to be in, uh, you know, most games and you're going to have a chance pretty much every time you go out there, but I think UCLA wears down the buffs. I think it'll be close, but UCLA pulls away late 34, 24. All right. I, I could see that happening as well. Like I said, everything points towards that. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with a gut here and, you know, coach prime last week when he was talking to the team said, look, we just gave one away that we were supposed to win. Let's go get another one. I know that's talk, but that's what they have to do right now is they have to um, make up for one that they, coughed up you know I and mean, they were supposed to beat stanford and should be five and two right now but they're not and uh you know this is an opportunity for them to go get that one back and and we'll see but um it's a tough one but i think it's one that they can win i think it's one they can too and obviously if they they do it it certainly uh improves the bowl projections you know as as you said they 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 lost one that they were supposed to have and uh are kind of, you know, not behind the eight ball yet. There's still plenty of football to play and a couple of home games coming up. But uh, I just think this is a tough matchup for the Buffs. What UCLA does well, I think, will exploit some of CU's weaknesses on both sides of the ball. Um, and, and I think UCLA, in the end, will just out-physical them. Yeah, that might be the case. And But I will say, out of all the series, uh, you know, the games against the Pac-12 teams uh, since CU's been in this conference, I think – the, the series with UCLA has been one of the strangest and that there I've seen, I think we've seen more weird things happen uh, with the, the UCLA series than other series and that, you know, UCLA generally wins, but there's things like that game in 2015 where Colorado had the ball for like 115 plays or whatever, and they really dominated, but lost the football game, you know? So yeah. there's a lot of things like that that have happened in this series. And so it's been an entertaining series. I'm actually going to miss it because um, I think CU and UCLA, have played some really entertaining and um, you know quality football games and and memorable football games. Yeah, I was going to throw out there. Are you going to miss these trips to the Rose Bowl? No, not really. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> you know me, like I, I don't love uh, going to Los Angeles, and so I'm okay. Uh, you know, not having this trip anymore. But um, you know, look, I mean, UCLA and USC to me are, are Pac-12, and uh, so the whole thing is is weird and kind of sad to me and so i'll miss it in that regard and that i think that they have been fun games and i think that this is generally a team you look at and for the past several years and i think cu and ucla have played some really good competitive matchups that cu a lot of times has a chance to win and so um, i think it'll be sad losing that matchup yeah yeah I like uh, I like walking around that UCLA campus uh, for the basketball games ahead of the basketball games. I usually get there early and, and walk around a little bit, but you don't get to do that uh, covering the games at the Rose Bowl. You probably never see the campus. No, yeah, I've, I haven't been to the campus since uh, 
probably since I covered the basketball team, you know, almost a (laughs) decade ago, but um, I do like that campus, but yeah, you don't, don't really get to see it unless you make a special trip, which I generally am not going to do. So yeah. And you've done it before. It's it's different when you've done it before. So yeah. And you know, the the view, the press box view from the Rose bowl is pretty amazing, but the atmosphere generally is not. And, uh, but I'm looking forward to this week with a sellout. It should be the best um, atmosphere we've seen the last time they were there two years ago. The attendance was 36,000 and they're projecting over 70,000 this time. And so um, I'm anticipating a better atmosphere at least. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to check it out. I'll be tuning in as best as I can. I'll be on the coverage, obviously, of the exhibition basketball games on Saturday. Uh, and then, real quick, before we sign off here, big weekend on campus. If you want to get out and check out some games, running out of time to check out volleyball and soccer. Soccer's backs are against the wall, need some wins and need a bunch of them down the stretch here. Only three regular season games left. Last two home games this weekend. They've got Arizona on Thursday night, who they really have to take care of business against. And then number 18, Arizona State, that they really need, you know, it would be huge to get a win against them. Uh, the Buffs are kind of on the wrong side of the tournament bubble at the moment, but plenty of time to get back uh, on the right side. Uh, Thursday night against Arizona, Sunday against Arizona State, and then volleyball, uh, big home sweep last weekend. And uh, get the L.A. teams at home. I'll be out on Friday night when they take on USC, and then they've got UCLA on Sunday. Um, Just starting the second half of Pac-12 play, but uh, after this weekend, uh, there's only one more home series the rest of the way, only two more home games, a very uh, road-heavy slate down the stretch for volleyball. So, Running out of time to check out those teams, uh, but they're both home this weekend. Well, we'll have it all on Buff Zone, and uh, so check that out. And uh, Pat, I will, uh, I will see you next week at some point. Um, you know, we'll we'll communicate over the weekend, but I'll see you next week as we get ready for another home football game. But before that, I'm going to the Rose Bowl. Well, you have fun, Brian Howe, and for the rest of you out there, thanks a ton for listening.